1: You could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is
0: a national contest. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech.
1: Broadway San Jose presents three more hit shows this season with family favorite Annie, Lincoln Center's My Fair Lady, and direct from New York, Pretty Woman. Tickets are now on sale for $99 when you purchase a Black Friday package. Visit BroadwaySanJose.com or call 866-395-2929 to purchase this limited-time offer. That's BroadwaySanJose.com or call 866-395-2929. Offer ends Cyber Monday, November 28th. I uh, want to remind everyone to download, rate, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast. As always, coming to you on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. We're on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at the 415ers. I'm on social, at Gettings 10 Mark is on social, at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. Uh, and and speaking of a lot of bodies that the Niners are getting back, well, they also have a lot of bodies right now on offense that I think we saw a challenge posed against Los Angeles being, if this is a team that is going to play physically, And if this is a team that is going to try and wear down opponents and maybe not blow out the opposition, but try and win those tight, hard-fought games, there's going to be a lot of guys at skill positions that are going to be left unfed, so to speak, with a lot of mouths to feed there. Debo Samuel, of course, was, I think, exhibit A against Los Angeles. Who knows what he was dealing with coming back from injury, uh, whether or not that was the reason he didn't get the ball that much. I believe he had four rushes on the ground. Uh, Two catches on six targets, but as the number one receiver on this team entering the year, he kind of got phased out a bit. Um, We tossed this around a little bit when McCaffrey came in and then last week, of course, coming off of the bye week. But like, do the 49ers just have too many mouths to feed on offense for fans to feel satisfied on a week-in and week-out basis?
0: I mean, I I think it probably depends on, you know, kind of a game-by-game basis, you know, what happened in a specific one. I think, you know, this Chargers game, it was ultimately a win, but as we kind of talked about earlier with the red zone inefficiency, it was still kind of a frustrating win because you knew that, you know, it could have easily been a double-digit win. It You know, this is a, a Niners team that probably played better than than a six point margin I mean it came down to the fourth quarter Niners did not take the lead until relatively late in that game so I think there's a bit of frustration there and then as a result you kind of look down the box score and say wow well Debo Samuel only two catches George Kittle only one catch like that's an issue that that has to be better Um, but I think it's kind of on a case-by-case basis And I think specifically for Debo Samuel it, it kind of present something similar. And I know the, these players aren't on the, you know, same level and, and what, you know, Debo Samuel has accomplished specifically last year is, is of a higher level and, and more impressive. But I, I kind of relate this to what's happening with, with Jordan Poole on the basketball court for the Warriors right now. It's kind of this offseason was an opportunity for the rest of the league to kind of grind the tape on this, you know, this new guy. You know Jordan Poole had a fantastic season last year, was a really big part of the Warriors winning a championship in this similar way. Debo Samuel kind of took the NFL by storm last year was this kind of new hybrid weapon. you know, he he called it a wide back, a running back and a running uh, a running back and a wide receiver. Uh, obviously, uh, again, I, I think what Debo did last year more impressive than what Jordan Poole did last year. But again, it, it allowed offense or defense opposing teams. To kind of key in on that guy, those two guys specifically, and try to, you know, scheme up new ways to take them away, to limit them. And we're seeing, I think, in real time, live, both these guys, Zebo Samuel and Jordan Poole, try to react and evolve their game so that they can be effective once again against these defenses. It's something that Steve Kerr has said multiple times about Jordan Poole. Well, now he's. You know He's being defended differently. Opposing teams are putting their best defenders on him. Now he has to adjust. With Debo Samuel, he hasn't been as effective in the run game, so it's up to him, it's up to the rest of the team, to, to Kyle Shanahan to help scheme him up uh, in better ways, in different ways, to kind of adjust to the adjustment. So I think in that regard... Uh, I mean, Debo Samuel hasn't been the most effective with the ball in his hands right now. Someone like Brandon Ayuk has been better, probably because the defense is so focused on trying to take Debo Samuel away. I think there's a bit of that in this, and maybe it takes the Niners a little bit longer than ideally they would hope to adjust to these adjustments. But I think once they do and, and they're able to uh, find a way to to scheme him open a little bit more, we're going to see his touches Increase, But I mean, right now, considering the fact that he hasn't been too terribly effective, you know, on his touches, I mean, what would you prefer? Force feeding something that isn't working quite well or, you know, giving the ball to what the defense is allowing you to do and, and having that be the reason you move the ball?
1: I would prefer that he gets open.
0: I mean, that That's the ideal one. Yeah, but I mean, you have to credit defenses at a certain point as well. I mean, they're certainly doing a good job to limit him. That's true, but
1: I also saw the Chargers line up Asante Samuel Jr., who is their de facto number one corner because of J.C. Jackson's broken kneecap, on Brandon Ayuk, who had seven catches for 80-something yards. The Chargers also played a lot of zone. Um, they, they they disguise things a little bit differently than most teams just because they are so banged up. So maybe it's not a fair example. But I also think Debo, Debo Samuel was a first-team all-pro receiver last year. Like yeah. I know he was a wide back, and you know, that kind of changed the trajectory of the Niners season after week nine when he had 1400 receiving yards, like, like Debo Samuel was a, was a damn good wide receiver last year. In addition, of course, to being a running back like that, I, that, that's the most perplexing thing to me about it because with Christian McCaffrey coming in, sure. That takes some of Debo's rushes away, but I also thought that that was, something that he didn't necessarily want to do as much while he was negotiating his contract over the course of the summer that he was worried about getting banged up the way injuries had sort of followed him early in his career. I know he's willing to do whatever it takes to win the game, but I do also see him being sort of the odd man out at this point, which is weird considering he is your number one and he is paid to be your number one. He is paid like a number one receiver. So I'm not saying that Debo Samuel has to have, uh, you know, 15 targets against the Cardinals on Monday night. He's got to catch 10 balls for 120 yards. But I do look at, okay, on third down, who is Jimmy Garoppolo looking at? He's looking more at Brandon Ayuk and even against the Chargers, Jawan Jennings, more than Debo Samuel. I don't know if maybe that's just a good problem to have that he can be at this point, you know, maybe your number one wide receiver on one day, he can be Debo, the decoy on another day. But I I just, I just wonder why he's the guy that gets left out of this offensive equation when he was the guy who last year carried the offense to a conference championship.
0: I do think one thing, um, I mean, Debo Samuel, there was all that noise that you're kind of referencing that he doesn't want to have to, you know, carry as much of a burden, specifically running the ball. He's worried about overuse and injuries and how that might, you know, shorten his career and, and thereby maybe, you know, lessen the amount of money that he may, may be able to make over his career as a football player. Uh, he, when he first spoke to the media after signing that new contract extension, he was asked about that and he was like, no, I have no issues with the wide back role. Like I love it. I love doing that sort of thing. I just, you know, I was advised, you know, not to to speak on anything really while the whole negotiation process was happening. So I think he's totally fine with getting his touches. Well, he's fi- know- he's
1: fine now that he's compensated for getting those touches. Yes, yes. Like, but it's, but, it's- but if he was making fifteen million dollars a year instead of twenty two or twenty four, I don't think he would be as satisfied because he's putting his body in more harm's way.
0: Probably. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I do also think that there's a part of, I don't know. I, I think we may be all just kind of oversimplified, you know, you, you see all this talent, you have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, and you have the bye week it kind of coincides at a perfect time. You get more healthy. You have all these weapons and, you know, it's probably you know not nearly as easy and a lot more complex than we make it seem in terms of you know how an offensive mind like kyle shanahan uh you know kind of learns to use all these weapons i think you probably would have liked to see you know again more efficiency in the red zone but this is still an offense that moved the ball a lot against the chargers i mean just look at Uh, The the yards in this game, I mean, 387 yards, that's nothing to scoff at. It was a good day offensively for the 49ers, but it's probably more complex than, you know, just a simple, all right, it was a bye week. You have lots of time to get ready for it, Kyle. You have all these offensive weapons. Like, it's going to take some, uh, you know, a bit of an adjustment period. You're going to see what works what works better than other things, what fails, how you can improve off of a certain schematic thing that you saw against the Chargers, how you now deploy that against the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's a lot more complex than just saying, all right, we have this talent, we're off a buy. we have all this new th- new stuff implemented into our playbook Let's go out and it's going to click immediately. It it probably is going to take a little bit more time and some adjusting here and there after a week, after you saw something fail, after you saw it do well, how you can add on to it. I'm sure that is what's happening, you know, with Kyle Shanahan and the rest of the offensive staff right now. How do you make something more effective, even though it was already relatively effective the first time out? I think we will see kind of – you know, the offense build off of each week's performance from here on out, because everything that Kyle Shanahan is trying to do right now with all these weapons is new. Maybe he's he's dreamed of these scenarios in the past, but he's never really been able to do it in practice, in reality, in a game. So I think we'll see uh, maybe some of these issues dissipate a little bit as you get more and more experience with all these weapons.
1: Sure. But let me ask you this. run receiving
0: whatever. Who
1: who's the best playmaker on the on the Niners right now?
0: Christian McCaffrey.
1: I agree. Who's the second best playmaker on the Niners right now?
0: Debo Samuel.
1: Okay. He was fifth in 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 touch. Like Elijah Mitchell got 18 carries. That's understandable. That's the identity of this team. To run the football, to wear people down, to lean on you so that in the fourth quarter you have nothing left like the Chargers did. And even though they were within a score, it didn't feel like they were. I'm looking at Brandon. Ayuk, who's getting the ball more through the air. I'm looking at Juwan Jennings, who seems to be more trusted on third down. I mean, I'm Debo
0: lo- did have six, six touches. I know four of them were on the ground, but six touches. I mean, that's tight. I, I think tied one was an third.
1: overthrow. There was, there was one that Jimmy probably should have hit Debo on uh, a cross over the middle, but like that's, I want the football to be in the hands of the guys that can do the most damage. And to me, Debo is too creative and explosive, improvisational of a player to not get the football. Like, I understand that they won the game and this is a process based team, but there are going to be points in the season, regular or post in which you're going to have to toss out the game plan, in which you're going to have to play a little backyard football. And to me, Debo is your second best guy at doing that. And he's the guy that you can rely on on the road in a playoff game. He's the guy who you can rely on to dig you out of a hole. You can get him the ball and he could take it 50 yards to the house from behind the line of scrimmage. He can also uh, you know, beat you down the field. I just want to see more creativity from Kyle Shanahan and the play calling from the 49ers that can extract what we saw last year. Maybe not, you know, the the 1,600 total yards or 13 touchdowns from Samuel that we got, but somewhere in the middle because right now, market just ain't it.
0: Yeah, I think that's totally fair, and I'm right there with you. I, I would love to see, you know, more explosive Debo Samuel, but I will also rewind to a year ago, and let's try to think, you know, Go back in our minds and think what the conversation was around Debo Samuel towards the end of the regular season last year, when he was just willing the Niners to victory. He would seem to have an incredible rushing touchdown every single week, and everyone in the football community just could not believe it, it that what was happening. And then you know he did it in the playoffs against the the Cowboys, against the not not as much against the Packers because that was just kind of a slog of a game and not not much offense, but certainly did it as well against the Rams in the NFC Championship game. The conversation was, oh, my God, you are going to drive Debo Samuel into the ground. Stop giving him all those touches. And the reality was last year, uh, I mean, what else were they going to do? They did not have, you know, all these offensive weapons. They were injured, you know, running the ball. I mean, Elijah Mitchell was hurt. That's why Debo Samuel really was featured as a wide back, you know, towards the end of the regular season. And they stuck with it because it was working so well into the playoffs. But that was the conversation, and, and it got to a point in the offseason where it was, "Oh my God, you used him so much that he wants out." I mean, I, I know that there's a medium here where it's it's not to that point where you're worried about overuse and and injuring a guy, and you know above you know he only gets you know two c- catches in a game. Like there's there's a medium there, but there is certainly a level to, to the fact where you also don't want to overuse one of your best star weapons in week 10 of the regular season because you're worried about what the future might hold if you do use him too much. There's there's something here about playing your cards too early, and I'm, I'm not saying that it excuses the fact that he only had two catches. I mean, he did have six targets, and some of them were Debo's fault, some of them were Jimmy's fault, sure, but I think there's also a bit of the fact that Kyle Shanahan knows now with the offense that he has and the weapons that he has beyond Debo Samuel, he does not need to rely on him as much as he did last year. And we'll probably see more of Debo Samuel when the games mean more because that's just simply the type of player that he is. To that,
1: I would say Christian McCaffrey had 28 touches last week. I know that Debo wasn't in. I know Juwan Jennings wasn't in. But Kittle was there. Ayuk was there. You had other running backs that could alleviate some of that pressure you're talking about on a guy who also has had injury history. Maybe not, uh, actually, more so even than Debo. But they didn't do that, and in fact, it was a game that was less in question than the Chargers game. So, I don't, it's it's just something I'm keeping an eye on, Mark, and I, I'm very I'm more I'm more curious than aggravated that Debo Samuel seems to be the odd man out at this point even though he's paid to be your go-to guy so it's just something I'm tracking moving forward
0: so am I I mean I'm right there with you I mean I I said all that but I do agree that I think that what's best for the 49er offense is more touches for Debo Samuel because he's just that explosive and incredible of a football player and uh you know for me I, I it, it doesn't really matter how many of those touches are runs versus catches. I think probably we'll see, you know, him maybe go back to a little bit more of, of a receiver just because Elijah Mitchell is back and Christian McCaffrey's a great running back as well. But I mean, I, I'm with you. I think that um, if the Niners want to be reach their offensive potential, that means more from Debo Samuel, because he's just such a unique weapon.
1: If they want to be explosive and physical They might need to get more Debo in. That'll wrap it up for this episode of the 415ers. We appreciate you tuning in three times a week. As always, Evan Giddings with Mark Grandy. Uh, We'll be coming at you on Friday for a preview of the upcoming Monday night football game against the Arizona Cardinals. Should hopefully have some updates for you from Colorado Springs where the Niners are practicing. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to talk to the media. I imagine we'll hear from some of those offensive weapons that we've tossed around on today's episode. So we'll have some updates for you on that. But in the meantime, go download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. And we will talk to you on Friday. Appreciate everyone. Take it easy.